You're listening to Scarif Bay Community Radio and you are very welcome to Local Media This Week here on this Sunday afternoon on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Uh, I'd like to welcome our panel and we're, we're uh, slightly different today. First of all, Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're very welcome. Uh, thanks, Jim. And David Fleming. David, you're welcome. Thanks, Jim. And uh, John S. can't be with us today, unfortunately, so in his place, very ably deputising for John S. is Luke Fleming. Luke, you're welcome. Thank you, Jim. The local media this week, we have a look at all the print media here in Clare, and uh, we're always trying to promote our print media here in Clare, particularly the, the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo, which we have. Uh, to hand today and uh, the County Express also from time to time because it's very, very important uh, as to so that we can, we know what's going on in our local area here in County Clare and there's a forum for expressing views in print. So long may our newspapers here in County Clare continue to circulate. Anyway, uh, we have, as I said, we have the Clare Champion, we have the Clare Echo today and I suppose... Something that we have um, talked about before, looking at page 16 on the Clare Echo there, and we're talking about uh, water and the price of water, and uh, should water be paid for? Um, I suppose, um, Pat, you've you've uh, you've definite ideas <laughs> on this subject, Pat, because you've expressed <laughs> them here before. Yeah, well, the, the, the Clare Echo have a, have the, um, and Paul McMahon have. Um, uh, an article here, until people pay for water, they won't respect it. It, it was a, a county council uh, meeting where um, they had um, a Rory O'Connor, O'Crohour, as it was in, and he has been living in, who has been living in Clay, County Clare for the past 20 years, and is now based in the Bourne, outlined the failure to invest in water infrastructure. It's now providing costly with relation to the management of Irish water. Uh, people of Clare who do not understand or respect water as a resource, a, a, conversation, a conversationist expert has stated, Lo- the local authority water, water program company officer, uh, Rory O'Connor, stated this at a, at a council meeting. And um, he, he says, um, he stated, our understanding of water as a resource is not not at the races. Water that comes out of people's taps is a fundamental right, but it is fundamentally precious resource. Of, of course, people should pay for, for it until they pay for it, they won't respect it. Rory said following a query from Councillor Colin Malai, Vinifor. Hmm. I suppose, um, I, I, I think he's, he's, he's right. I think, see, we, we had, um, we had uh, there for the last uh, couple of years back where, where they set up um, payment for water. And uh, I think a lot of people paid, but then you had a you had a big um, a big but uh, and and a lot of people wouldn't pay. This is the water and tax pass. This is the water, yeah, the water payment, yeah. Yeah. And sure, um, didn't it nearly bring down the government? I did at the time, yeah. Well, uh, they 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 switched around and they they decided they, <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't have the charges and they paid people back. Yeah. But I'd say well, an awful lot of people were prepared to pay, but uh, see. We, we, uh, you, uh, people talk about the water falling out of the sky, you know, but so it takes an awful lot of money to get it, to get it piped yeah. along, 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 along to, into your house. And to hmm. But is the counter-argument that we're already paying for water by way of taxation? Yeah, I suppose that's there as well, yeah, that's probably there as well. Yeah. So are, you, are, you, are you not paying for everything else by way of taxation as well? 
but that's the, well we are hmm. but um you know we 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 there's i suppose if you compare it with electricity we buy electricity but the infrastructure um is a national company isn't it hmm. i suppose we pay for uh, we pay for a certain amount of national infrastructure but also the government pays for inertia, uh, if they're doing interconnectors with the with this with, with whatever but um there is another point which is it, it it goes away from the headline but the if you read on it talks about um the effects of agriculture on on water um the effects of forestry so so i think the same commentator was saying that forestry can lead to increased silt in the river and and increased if you like things that you don't like in a river getting into the river whatever that means um forestry uh, is the point being made there but there's also farmers and overuse of fertilizers Fertilizer, yeah. mm. so so no amount of charging water will probably prevent those other things except careful planning and management mm. i suppose that for people living out the countryside i mean i'm not on a water scheme or anything like that and the water is free except it's 300 feet down on the ground it is and i have to pay for a pump and, pump it up, yeah. and hydro air and god knows what to get it from 300 feet down the ground into my tap yes. so i'm not paying for water water is free i don't have to pay for it but i have to pay for a way of getting it from the ground yeah. into my house you have to pay for the pump and you have to pay for the run the pump you have yeah. do you know uh, and what are you saying to us that you respect your water as a result or oh, or, or that you won't be affected by this well, I won't be affected by that, first of all, because I'm paying for it anyway. Yeah, anyway. And yeah. you're, you're paying for water. I think water is something that should be paid for. I mean, you can make that argument about uh, that we're paying for it in tax. Yeah. But I mean, okay, so the, the other obvious solution then is if we need to up the income tax on everybody um, in order to pay for the water. Mm. Um, but then people mm. like me, who's paying for water anyway, will will be also <laughs> paying a tax. So it's it's you know it's it's um, I yeah. think I think I agree with the thing that uh, we you need to pay for something to respect it. Well, most people, I think, would have failed be before all the hoo ha. And you have to bear in mind now that the whole hoo ha over Irish water started. After you had a government elected in 2011 with the biggest majority that's ever existed in the country and they nearly self-destructed over it because they made a pure shambles of how they were bringing it in, what they were bringing it in. And it was a bit like, oh, it might cost you 700 euros a year. But then the following week, because of the reaction to that, oh, it'll only cost 250. Yeah. You know, pure nonsense. But the fact that you have water and wastewater those two things were never separated properly. And wastewater, I think, should have been given a bigger priority in that, as you said, whatever about people having an issue with paying for water, you can't really have an issue with paying to treat it. Mm. And that that needed to be emphasized yeah. a little bit more. As treatment plans, are we not talking on this program every week every second week about the amount of villages that don't have treatment plans yeah. Yeah. so yeah. you look at the shambles that they did and how we'll say this country doesn't do forward planning and what they set up with irish water is a system that's designed to fail because they can't get funding where's their funding going to come from the government but it was supposed to come from us 
that paid for water. So they have no money to invest in schemes. So it's designed to fail. And the other problem, Luke, is because we don't have those facilities, we are being regularly fined by the EU because we're not meeting water directives, clean water directives, which is a major scandal. And we've been doing that for decades. And yep. so, so I'd actually be with you, notwithstanding my point that we pay it in taxes. <laughs> I'm also in favour of of uh, paying for water. Now, will our will, will, if our local representatives, Dáil deputies, are listening to us, will they bring this proposal to the Dáil? I don't know. I don't think so. But I, I don't think that it's fair to tarnish farmers or forestry or the rural way of life mm. with saying that it's all our, it's all our fault. But it's, no, it's, no, a, it's a fault of a government and a system that has, I said, would say the the Mr. O'Connor would say was addressing the sitting of the Physical Development Strategic Policy Committee, where he was briefing me- me- members on the draft river basin management plan for Ireland 2022 to 27. That's still in consultation. If you want to sort of go and have a look at it. But, you know, you had Alan O'Callaghan question about standard of water in rivers. Was it affecting fishing? You go up to La Hinch and go up the top end of the prom and you'll see a nice pipe, sort of uh, depending on what way the tide is. It's it's uh, well visible. And that's putting sewerage out into the sea. Straight into the sea. So yeah. But, but, uh, it's, uh, but, uh, but, but I would say forestry and agriculture, because it's not as visible, you see. It won't be as visible as that pipe, but it's happening year and year around. Like, we have a problem here in Loch Derg. Um, with blooms of algae uh, and it's I, I don't know is it nitrogen or what is it that's coming off the land so but I mean it's a multifaceted problem they have so so many different problems there uh, you, Luke exactly what you're saying at the very end Cyril Feeney of the council's environment section said the funding model of Irish water is governed by the commission of regulation of utilities they don't have the funding exactly. he commented and no politician I think of the current crew that are in power are going to go anywhere near anything with water because of it'll just be controversial. Yeah. And it will in, in order to solve it, it demands money. Absolutely. And money has to come from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't yeah. grow on trees. Not yet, no. anyway. So. No. <laughs> anyway, maybe if we could uh, take past suggestion about charging the dubs <laughs> Uh, for the water out of the Partine Weir. We might have to increase the fee, Jim. Yeah, because the last time we seemed to be stuck at five euros a litre. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> They'll okay. propose to export all their wastewater back to County Clare. <laughs> all right. well, they're, 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 they're taking out our flights up, yeah. up and down in airport, so yeah. maybe we should get something back. Yeah. We'll go on. Uh, Pat brought in a copy of the Sunday Independent today, even though it's not... Um, one of our local papers, but uh, you found something interesting there, Pat, in relation to vacant houses. Yeah, there was an article in the Sunday Independent last Sunday, and um, it was a, a report done by Wayne O'Connor. Um, 4,000 properties owned by councils empty in, in a housing crisis. Bringing, bringing low-hanging fruit into use would go some ways towards resolving the country's housing shortage, reports Wayne O'Connor. In the coming months and years, we are going to hear even more about vacant homes, the low-hanging fruit in housing market crippled by supply issues. Last week, a report from the Arctic's Parliamentary Budget Office said housing costs were severely 
unaffordable as, as is warned of a collapse in home ownership among young adults. Meanwhile, the Society of Chartered Surveyors Ireland predicts a 5% rise in property prices this year. So, <coughs> there's an estimated 100,000 vacancies nationwide according to the Simon communities. But I suppose that's between maybe private houses and, and holiday homes and all that. But, um, <coughs> How your local authorities perform will also be, cru- be crucial. Long-standing issues, supply means, councils have, uh, often compete with tenants to lease properties from landlords. New data compiled by the independent shows councils are spending millions each year to rent more than 8,600 homes from landlords. According to CSO figures regarding average household size, this is enough housing stock to accommodate the population of towns such as Lowenays, Port Arlington, Port Leash, Artrelly. So, they, but the, there are quite a number of vacant houses, Pat. Well, there's vacant houses in all the in all the in all the the, the in all the what you call it, all the different ones. And these and are these are vacant uh, houses owned by the owned by the council. You have the council owned will say in clear they own two thousand six hundred and five and they have sixty vacant. Yes. And you have Galway in Galway. You have two thousand uh, just across uh, the ones around the years, two thousand eight hundred twenty-four, and they have one hundred twenty-six vacant. So we have four thousand in the whole country owned by councils, yeah, which are vacant. Vacant, yeah. And in Clare, it's well, they have two thousand six hundred five accountants, and they have sixty vacant. But then 60. The, 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 he went back and he he said he went back to the council again here, and. Uh, he said there was eight. eight they, they made out. They came back with another uh, one. where there was eighty vacant. So I suppose they, 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 they don't really know. Maybe. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now there's one local local authority property in Clare, and it's uh, it's fourteen years vacant. So and seemingly it's a title issue. They don't. They're not it, yeah. sure if they own it or yeah, yeah. or not. Title so we, issue. Yeah. We were talking in the and Luke mentioned there in the with in relation to water, how there's no joined up thinking. I mean, there doesn't seem to be joined up thinking in relation to houses either. Well, uh, if if you have so many, so many people who are who, who are homeless, yeah, you know, in the pe- country, and four thousand vacant houses. When people go out of houses to see, they they they, have, they, they talk about it maybe a ten or a twelve week time frame to get it back in use. But some of them go on for years and they go on for, you know, yeah. some some councils get it back fairly fairly good, but more a lot of them don't. They're, they're, they're way outside that, that, that time frame, you know. It tallies, Jim, with a piece on page three of The Champion, which is projects will trim waiting lists by 11%. It's by Dan Danaher. And uh, it, it does talk about the county's waiting list. So the two pieces together actually work rather well. On December 13, 2021, the total gross need of people requiring housing support was nearly 3,000 people, uh, which broke down to 1,372 uh, and, and so on. Uh, uh, the, the council are planning... I think on building, let's see, the number... 349, David. 349, so Be- they between, won't meet. Between, between 2022 to 26. So yeah. you said, you know, a headline figure, trim waiting list by 11%. Yeah. But yeah. that's out of three and a half thousand. Yeah, you know? exactly. So so there's massive... The number of applications received... Now, this is, these are annual applications for housing. Uh, in County Clare, went from... 732 in 2019 it went up a little bit in 2020 to 771 and then jumped this this just this last year uh in 2021 
to 834. You could say an extra 100 in the space of two years. So there is this demand out there. Um, some there's all sorts of reasons for people to look for, for social housing. It's not just homelessness, there's other mm. reasons as well, but we, 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 it seems to be a problem. Yeah. I'm just wondering, you know, is, the, is, it, is housing too important simply to leave to the market? You know, kind of a fundamental question. Mm. I mean, housing is, you know, genius, we all need houses. We all need a home to live in. Just, Jim, no, we could get into a big row about that as well, because yeah. you sort of, is, is it too, is it a question to leave to the market? Of course it is. But, but the policies of the government over the last 10 years, and especially, we'll say, with Fine Gael, was to leave it to private you know, you look at the scenario where you didn't have sort of private vulture funds coming in buying whole blocks of houses and apartments in the previous 90 years of the history of the state. No. no. And and they have done it now. But they and were encouraged to come in. Absolutely encouraged, getting tax breaks to do it. Yeah. But the the whole issue of, you know, this sort of centralisation of everything. And like, when was the last time the council built a house in Clare? When was the last time Limerick? you know, built a house. It's all, they're all being sort of descent, you know, yeah. it's all been controlled by Dublin. There should be a facility and each council should have a facility to be able to build housing. Should I fail to see how, yeah. how they can. As, as they did in the past. As yeah. they did in the past, absolutely. If you go back to the 50s and the 60s and maybe the 40s, and if you, if you drive around, just drive in Tinas and you drive up along the Clare Road, just an example, we'll say, you know you drive out, out to St. Helens College, and they're on the, on, on the right hand side, there's a, that's just a small house, and they're all people live, still living in it. Yeah. And they were all built back in, in, back in the 50s, I'd say, Jim, or maybe the 40s. Yeah, yeah and a lot of uh, single houses, cottages, whatever, built by the council, council yeah. in the 30s, 40s, 50s, in here, all yeah. around East Clare. Yeah. Yeah, in in, in the towns around, we'll say, you, you, you had housing schemes, you had, you had council housing schemes built in all the, you had them here in Scarif, up, up there along the... Connacht um, Road. Yeah. Road yeah. And they were built in Tullow and they were built in Kikishan and different places. Maybe, yeah. maybe Jim, that word of joint up thinking, you know, if they sort of got their sewer jack together, yeah. then they could sort of get their act together and build build housing. But, but the, pro mm. the, the bigger problem in the country is there are not enough people, enough developers, builders... Whether they're building for private or public, they're just not there to build enough houses that is now actually needed. Yes, because they all disappeared. They all disappeared. Yeah. Where we had ghost estates, now now we have no estates at all. Yeah. Um, um, but but I, I, you, it is a failure in government thinking about how we also locate people and the need for new towns and cities. But I suppose we also we are, and I think we, we have talked about here on the on the on the program before about in in villages around and towns where you have the centre of the the town where you have nobody living in it and people are living yeah. in the outskirts, and um, you have you have a lot of properties that there's nobody living in in the villages and if there, were, if there was a grant or something some sort of a grant from government and they had a grant there a few years back, back it is, yeah. about 30 or 40 years ago there was a grant for, for vacant houses around the country and where yeah. uh, an awful lot of houses was, were, were repaired at that time yes. and people put living in them do you know hmm. I mean if the, if the trend continues which, which it has been happening for quite some time that I mean it's happened here in Clare that the population has moved into the kind of central corridor yeah. Shannon, Newmarket, mm -hmm. Ennis yeah. Uh, and, you know, local small villages and parishes, you know, in both East and West Clare have been denuded of people. 
yeah. You know, and that's, I mean, I don't think that, as someone who, who lives and enjoys living in a rural setting, mm. I, I, yeah. I think it should be encouraged rather yeah. than um, totally. discouraged. And I think even, you know, the county council will come out there with their development plan and they'll have all these lovely brochures and all that and they'll they'll talk about it. But they, 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 they'll put a very kind of an obstacle in, in, in your way to to, to, to to develop a house yeah. in, in a village or to do a village unless yeah. they're sorted and all that. Yes. And I mean, no, so and if that's used as an excuse then to... Yes, to stop you from... Political. But, but and I know we want to move on, but if you look, take a look at Scarif Tim Graney here, where we do have the wastewater facilities, don't we? Uh, but uh, we don't see any major building, do we? Either public no. or private. Now, I know there's a public one happening soon, yeah, but, but wh where yeah. is the private development? Yeah. It, no, it's, it's not happening. This it's goes to your point, Jim. It, are the, do they think, developers think, that there's more money to be made in another part of the county and not here? And th then, to what extent can the council incentivize that without breaking rules about in, um, f uh, giving incentivization to to private individuals or companies? Well, I suppose you're looking at uh, David. You're looking at uh, still looking at the corridor. There's about four states being built in Toronto. Yeah. And they hook up to Crushine there. There's a, an article yeah. there in one the, in, in a page in uh, yeah. Crushine, and they have I think have four states built there. Yeah. And there's another one going ahead. I found earlier Crushine's capacity to take more housing questioned. Yeah. So there, there's another scheme there, 42 houses, and uh, the council are questioning. You know, so it's probably in the centre of the. He Tuller is close enough to the to the Shannon. Yeah, and it's mm. close yeah, enough to the motorway. Yeah, the machine is on it as well. Like what, so. what I would say is, and, and I'm a living example of it. Uh, we're only thirty minutes uh, from Castle Troy, the university in Limerick. Yeah, yeah. Mm. With the new bridge, you could, could share share two or three minutes <laughs> of that. But and, and the motorway, the Dublin to Limerick motorway, uh, mm. fifteen minutes away, mm. the train station at Bird Hill. Uh, I'd like to give that a plug, um, but but so so we are in some certain respects here in Scarif Tomb Graney, uh, fa fairly not not right. in the on the periphery of anywhere, and and it's only thirty minutes as well. Now I know taller then it's only fifteen twenty minutes, but but maybe when the new new development and new road and, and, and bypass Kilaloo and the bridge and all that, you you might have more, yeah. more people but coming you, out of the you've development. Just you've, just you've just answered your own question, David. Good, because you've said <laughs> there's no development here. But there isn't all it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there has been in the bridge and crushing. Yeah, but that's private development. So, so are, yeah. do are private developers f f uh, deciding? Oh, there's money to be made because it's taller, and there's no money to be made here. So we're not going to put any developments in here. Well, who who who's granting the planning permissions? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose. Uh, but has any planning permission gone in? Is the question. And and being refused or accepted, like there doesn't seem to be much happening. No, there doesn't no, seem to no. be much happening. I suppose it's uh, you know the the other aspect of it too is is industry mm. and placing industry. I mean, we've talked mm. here before about you know how everything is moving to Dublin, but I mean I think the, the government need to promote rural areas for industry. I mean Beckman Coulter, and we've often mentioned it, is a case in point. Mm. You know, which is a fantastic if Beckman Coulter wasn't here, there'd be a lot fewer people living around yeah, yeah, in, in East yeah. Fair. Mm. Anyway, will we go on? Mm. Uh, looking at um there's extensive coverage of the the many, many vigils that took place last weekend uh, in memory of the late Ashling Murphy. 
and they were they were vigils I know in in Mount Shannon and in Scariff and I'm sure in other uh, towns and villages around East Clare and the large ones in Ennis, and I suppose you know it's it's um, it's probably something that, that shocked us all, uh, somebody young and somebody. Uh, very much ordinary, like many of the of the young people and the young women that we would see around East Clare, um, and it's the randomness of it, I suppose, and the the fact that it happened in such an open area with people around, with houses around, with traffic around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it certainly caused a huge shock around, right around the country. Yeah, and and indeed. Um the, the the news went abroad as well uh, into England and uh, yeah. and to other places. But Porig McMahon has the has the the figures for the vigils, which just shows you the outpouring of 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 sympathy and support. He says, just shy. This is page eight of the Clare Echo. Just shy of two hundred people travelled to the square in a stymen where music was played uh, by the Murphys from Dublin with candles left in a heart shape uh, 300 in Shannon Town Park 100 over 100 gathered um, in Clare Castle but the largest figure it seems uh, a thousand attendees at Kilkishan and Kilkee so it just shows you uh, uh, there were vigils here in Scariff as you mentioned and I think also in Tomb Graney so um, yeah it's it's and of course it's a story that will continue now now that people have been arrested and over the next few months brought to trial presumably yes i suppose also we we must mention uh john o'neill pat yeah just before we go from Ashling uh, mostly yes. there and uh uh, I was talking with my son Mike and John on the, on the phone and he said that, um, there was um there was a vigil in in in, in Toronto for as well Yes. So he said all the Irish got off for, for in Toronto there uh, during the week. Um, there was a man there in this town van as well, John O'Neill, uh, buried as well. Um, he had a, a bed and breakfast and his wife was very much involved and she only died last, last summer. Um, Christine O'Neill and she was involved in Fort of and uh yeah, he was um, he he was found dead in his, his house there last week as well. So he was buried, and there's um, a lot of tributes paid him on on board papers there this week. So I suppose mm. we we will give our sympathies to the to the family there as well. Yes, indeed, yeah. and the Murphy family in in, in Tullamore. May they rest in peace. Luke, uh, there was a piece by Owen Nealon in the in the Clare Echo that caught your eye. Yeah, page 18 uh, in the Clare Echo, and it's promoting Clare as key, and I suppose, you know, as I said, we're, we're, we're all proud to sort of uh, give the, uh, the, the the county a plug. As I said, we're all living here, so... Yes. <laughs> we'll criticise when appropriate, but we would like to give it a plug as well. But Owen has a, um, a very... a few very interesting comments, and some of them r- refer to um, a place that... We, strangely enough, he haven't spoken about too much in recent times but you know is generally a topic of a uh, conversation Shannon Airport uh, um, he he's basically talking uh, about the hope that we'll say 2022 uh, that we might get back to a little bit of normality hopefully so that you know if uh, Omicron or what the Delta and everything else are sort of uh, and the other you know the the COVID word that we'll try not to mention too much hopefully things might um, 
settle a little bit and a little bit of normality might uh, begin and that the hoteliers, bars, restaurants and tourists uh, might get back up and uh, running again. But he, he, he points out that they need to strike while the iron is hot and pitch the county as the place to be to celebrate the reopening or whatever version of normality we're likely to see into the future. Who's they now, Luke? Uh, sorry. Uh, is it the Sh- Shannon Airport? No, 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 no. This is just in in general. In general, in, in, in what he says, yeah, he yeah. says, or the new version of normality, whatever version of normality we're likely to see, the local tourist board and county council will have to act fast and coordinate such a campaign before the usual suspects like Clarny and Galway beat the banner to the punch. <laughs> right now, he's he said the Visit Clare website currently lists just three upcoming events. Two of these are cycles taking place in North Clare in June and September, with the other being National Heritage Week. Right? He said, although no official announcements have yet been made, plans need to be formed now so that as soon as government reopening has been confirmed, a large campaign centred around a festival or, or a celebration of what Clare has to offer should be ready to go. He says, we've proven we can do it. The Irish Open in Hinch, the Fla and Ennis. You know, these things can happen. Now, he says that basically, he said, pitch a post-COVID festival and invite the people of Ireland to head to Clare to let their hair down properly for the first time in two years. Now, I don't know if he wanting people to go to Liston Varna. It sounds like come it. over here. But, but no, he, he has, um, he makes a few interesting points. Uh, he said, last April, the Clare Tourism Strategy 2030 was launched with much fanfare, including a photo shoot. Now, we'll come back to that as, uh, at another time. But he says, for far too long, Clare has failed to live up to its amazing potential. Instead, living in the shadow of Galway and having our unique attraction subject to the smash and grab coach tour industry that brings little bar traffic to Clare itself. A very valid point. Yeah. Cliffs of Moher being mm. one and yeah. hopefully mm. Holy Island won't turn into number two. That's what we don't want to happen. And he says Clare should be the base for which people can explore all of Ireland's west. Well, we won't object to that. This is the point the promotion of Shannon Airport consistently misses time and again. Not once on the airport's website main page does it rightfully claim to be the entry point from which people can explore the Wild Atlantic Way, which again is a very valid point. Mm. And I suppose uh, David can take into account the fact that, you know, the, the Ryder Cup is going to be here in Limerick mm. uh, in five years mm. and that Dublin literally were trying to hijack it within five minutes of it being announced. Mm. Yeah. That should also get mm. prominence. Yeah. And he says, it takes two clicks through unassuming banner links to even get to the first mention of the highly successful tourist initiative that is the Wild Atlantic Way. Why an airport in the Midwest of Ireland puts these areas on a supposed equal footing to the one it itself is situated in is perplexing to say the least. And yet another example of a lack of any joined up thinking. I'm big yeah. into joined up thinking. Well, we're, it's certainly a team this evening. Yeah. And he says the website for the Wild Atlantic Way makes no mention of Shannon or Knock Airports itself. Just mm. a thought of thoughtful article. It's a very thoughtful one. And, and we, pay, we, we, we put a lot of store in the appointment of a chair. And this is the sort of thing, a board. Now, there's the CEO is one thing and has to do this, but these bigger, larger strategic sort of messages. Shannon Airport is gateway to the to the Wild Atlantic Way, which is Owen's point. That's, that's what a board should be saying to the CEO. Listen, this is what we do. The Ryder Cup is coming up. Let's yeah. promote the Place hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, 
we be ho- I wonder will it be taken on board? Will somebody from Shannon Airport be reading the Clare Echo? Or listening to Scarif Bake or Music Radio? Indeed. Or replying to your email looking for... <laughs> Still haven't got a reply from to the email and that's months ago now. Months, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say it's in the spam. Yeah. It's in the spam. I see well, some some uh, houses and uh, I you might have seen them look in the... Well, I don't know, you don't look at Facebook, but <laughs> I see them up advertised from the... From the for the golf for the golf already at yeah. some, at some astronomical, ex- prices. astronomical prices astronomical prices <laughs> see a house the other day t- thirty five thousand for um for a, a house for a week for a week yeah I'm sure mm. inflation pattern <laughs> there was a time not that long ago you could buy a house for thirty five thousand <laughs> <laughs> I think I spent most of most of, uh, around thirty five for my house and I've been left <laughs> Pat have you any music for us it's time to take a break. We have enough oh, yeah. this joined up thinking or not, <laughs> or not joined up thinking for the we, first half an hour. Yeah, we, 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 we'll, um, we'll have Errol Brown with hot chocolate and it started with a kiss. Oh my God, we're back to the... To the, <laughs> to the marquee. And the red hot mattress. <laughs> it started with a kiss The back row of the classroom How could I receive You're very welcome back. You're listening to local media this week here on Scarif Bay Community Radio. And that was It Started With a Kiss. Brings back a uh, load of <laughs> memories uh, from Pat from O'Brien. The 70s. <laughs> yeah, from the 70s. Uh, from Hot Chocolate. It always does start with a kiss. I'm afraid it does. <laughs> anyway, getting away from that, uh, can we have a look there on the, uh, I think, the East Clare page uh, and the... Aqua Park, David. Yeah, well, um, many locals will be familiar with what they saw uh, last this past summer. Uh, this large, these large inflatable um, floating uh, obstacles. Floating obstacles, exactly. Is that what they're called? And a p- little pontoon and everything, and it attracted an awful lot of attention, including myself and my family. We all went out. Uh, it wasn't as cold as I thought it would be, but and it was actually a lot of fun. Um, so the story here uh, by Dan Danaher, and actually fair play to the uh, to the headline writer and the Clare champion because um, he gets in a little pun as well, or she. Waterways Ireland also rose in behind <laughs> Two Mile Gate proposal. Uh, this is this is a, a planning application. Um, by what is the the Westlake Aqua Park um, has lodged a planning application with Clare County Council seeking permission for a new aqua park that will operate seasonally from May 1st to September 30th at a two-mile gate Ballycogarin, which is situated a few miles from Killaloo. The aqua park will consist of an inflatable floating obstacle course, floating access pontoon, 20-foot container for check-in and 40-foot container for changing facilities, exactly what was there in the summertime. Uh, a container for changing now it was very tight I have to say um, but I I suppose it works Uh, well David you have to remember the council themselves last week were lodging plans to put in uh, enhanced changing facilities at two mile gate at two mile gate and exactly so uh, and they do talk about that and they talk about the the toilet facilities and the council are behind it and they're saying everything is okay I worried a little bit, I have to say, about the road 
the traffic on the road and the parking. But according to Dan Danaher's piece, a traffic and transportation assessment submitted to the planning authority by Punch Consulting Engineers confirmed the aqua park will be assessed by the existing car parks at Ballycogran. I wonder where Punch Consulting Engineers out there last summer because people were parking on the side of the road on a Saturday mm. or a Sunday. On a Saturday mm. or Sunday, the busiest times. Uh, but anyway, the assessment noted there was one serious accident in 2014 north of the proposed site. However, it pointed out the site is not located in an accident black spot. Well, it could become a, a, a challenging area if you have all these cars there. So I think it is a concern, but they've got their consultant's report, which says, work away, lads. Um, so like, I could, uh, it would be awful if something, if a young child like that, and there are a few bad bends there, anybody who knows that road. Hmm. Uh, and cars travel at a fair bit uh, along there and if they're not expecting a car to be parked on the side of the road which you wouldn't because you'd expect, be expecting them in the car park there just might be a possibility so yeah, certainly coming from the Kildu side David and I think not not just we'll say with this um, uh, development but actually people walking up Bally Cogran itself because if you're in the car park you have to cross the road that's right to go climb the mountain that's right and that area is quite blind yeah you know mm. you know we'll say coming from the Killaloo side yeah. there you know if, if you're someone yeah. that doesn't know the road or anything like that yeah you could be traveling at your 80 kilometers an hour yeah. and the next thing there's a lad out in the middle of the road and as you said cars parked either side yeah. of it yeah yeah you know so that that is something that mm. would need to be looked yeah at. but otherwise like i think this is this is to be welcomed um it's it's uh it's, it, it does bring people does to the answers. area. It mm -hmm. brings people out from Limerick I, and much further afield because I was, mm. I, I, I was uh, when we, I was queuing up with the lads and um, there was a whole group of, who, of Indian nationals. They were obviously living in Ireland, but they had traveled, I think, from up the country. Yes. Mm. Um, so so it, was, it was good to see and... Uh, it's providing something for the summer for, 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 for kids that's, yeah. that's not there and, and I think there's another one back in Kilgosh they have one they had one back in Kilgosh yeah. as well so yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and I see one, I was down on Cork last year down in, in and um, down in West Cork and there was one down there as well Yeah, there was one over in Drummondier I know I was there was a couple there? of years ago yeah. 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 whether but it's still there or not I don't know seasonal employment and you would yeah. imagine yeah. that the majority hopefully of them are local are locals. local boys and girls and yeah. David, yeah. David your, your lads enjoyed it loved it and they'll be certainly if they could write and one of them can write they'll be writing in support of this application <laughs> 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 if well, I let them know. <laughs> yes. We might even interview them. <laughs> okay, on the uh, on the same page in fact, on page 11 of the Clare Champion, that's the East Clare page. A piece there um I'm not sure who wrote it, but it would be either Fiona or Dan. Uh, New Church of Ireland bishop in merged diocese and that's a Church of Ireland bishop uh has been appointed. Um but I, I'm amazed at the size of the diocese. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually very, very big because it's far more than Kidaloo. Yes, it's enormous. It's the diocese. It's, it's, it's as a result of the, uh, the retirement of two bishops, the outgoing bishop of Kidaloo and Limerick, who was uh, the Reverend Kenneth Kieran, and uh, the outgoing 
Bishop of Tume, Kilala, and Aconry. Now, that's important because the new name doesn't use Kilala and Aconry. Aconry is right up there in Sligo, hmm. uh, and Kilala in Mayo. So the new diocese is the Diocese of Tume, uh, Killaloo, and Limerick. But it's actually, you could say it's the Diocese of Connacht. And most, and a good, a good chunk of Munster. Monster, yeah. You could say it's the Wild Atlantic Way. I think they bishop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, but anyway, his name is Bishop Michael Burroughs, and he's, he, he served his time down in Cork. He was the Bishop of Cork, uh, bishop of Cork Cloyne and Ross, I think it was, uh, if I've got that right, uh, and, and down in Bandon as well. So where, where you actually make your home... Like and you have presumably a lot of travelling to do, but it's presumably um, a sign of 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 the size of the Church of Ireland population um, in terms of trying to sustain itself. And uh, we in in the Catholic Church, of course, there's a lot of parishes being mm. uni together, united, yeah. mm. um, and maybe in time the, the 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 Catholic Church may have to do something similar with dioceses if the if if the personnel, I think it's two different problems. There is a massive Catholic population, but nobody being ordained in the Church of Ireland. Tiny population. Yes. Yeah, I heard him on the radio the other morning, and he was uh, interviewed, and he was saying that he's going to be based in Limerick, but he's going to have a few houses up around the country where he right. can travel up and he can stay. Yeah. And he loves uh, travelling by, by by rail, so he says he's going to he'll get on the on the rail. The Limerick and the Limerick Galway, and and he said he'd be he'd be supporting the well, that's good. The rest of it up 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 along yeah. the Sligo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. I think the the <laughs> the same is beginning to happen in the Catholic Church because. Uh, where did I read recently? The is it the Bishop of Galway, and the Bishop of I think Clonfert, which is East Galway. Yes, yeah. and they're yeah. now going to be the one person. Yeah. Oh right. Now right. the the church is making clear. The Catholic Church has has said that uh, it's going to be two separate dioceses. Um, with two separate structures, two separate organisations within the two dioceses. But one man. But one bishop. And you're right. I suppose Kilfenora is in that as well, Jim. Oh, well, Kilfenora, yeah. Square and Clare, yeah. Kilfenora, yeah. one of the smallest dioceses in the country, but yeah. long ago was subsumed into... Galway. Galway. So you've yeah. Galway, Kilmacdua and yeah. Kilfenora. Yeah, and the, pa the parish priest of uh, Liscannor is, uh, is the, the Pope. <laughs> used to be anyway yeah yeah he's yes. hope, yeah. yeah because yeah. they couldn't agree at, the, at one stage about bishops but but presumably the church of ireland i mean the the diocese kind of still half exist i mean you still will have cathedrals here in Killaloo, mm. in limerick um and is there one in Tume as well mm. uh so so i suppose you know it's something similar but uh yeah, uh, it's just the nature of the times. Yeah. I suppose you don't have a huge population of, of Church of Ireland people in, in all no. around here this side. No, no. no. Down in Cork now, you have, you have, I, yeah, I, I remember passing through West Cork and yeah. Bendon. Yeah. You had as many people coming out of the, of the Protestant church yeah. as you would of the, of the, yeah. of the yeah. Catholic yeah. church. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you will see the same thing. I think this having the one bishop over two dioceses is just in the, time. the mm. toe on the water. Mm. I think eventually the mm. diocese will be, will be merged. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, to on to another, and it's we'll stay with the same page there, page uh, eleven of the Clare Champion, and it's also covered in on on page uh, page four of the Clare Echo, and that is uh, a photographer from East Clare, James Tracy, and 
It says, when the declared champion, for whom the bell tolls, photographers shooting New Angeles video for RT. Um, so James has, uh, he has a number of videos submitted in the past, one of which gets played from time to time um, during the Angelus. Um, but of course, he's, he's building up his um, portfolio and his reputation as a photographer. And he's doing, he's very, very busy. I know recently he's got into, because we interviewed him this weekend, he's got into sports photography. Mm. Um, so today, the Clare game is on today, Clare versus Limerick, and he's, it's his first inter-county game. But um, he's pictured there with uh, John Beston and uh, some of the, the footage that he was doing for that um, would be farming and he was telling me that uh, the he was present during the summer when John Beston was making silage and he sort of rounded it off in more recent times when the silage as it is now being fed to the cattle yeah, yeah. so it's a sort of it's a, a nice idea great. it's a, a circular thing and uh, I don't know what the criteria is um, I'm sure there's a lot of people trying to get onto the, the Angela spot um, but but uh, it does seem to be a, quite a nice idea. And the fact that he's got on it before suggests that he might have a good chance of getting on there again. That's right. Friday, Friday January 28th. Oh, yeah. Six o'clock. Look out. That's right. That's his more... His the more piece, yeah. The, the first piece. The previous yeah. piece he did. Yeah. Which uh, I think was taken at a mart. Yes, in Kilmallock. And uh, it does say on the, the, the piece, it doesn't say who whether it's Fiona or Dan who wrote it, but... Uh, the Ukraine dating tour, which we covered in the newspaper before and which James is, is pioneering, shall I say, is, it's set to continue anyway. Uh, I presume COVID might have disrupted his plans initially. 50 Irish and British men uh, are said to um, are be interested, but... but uh, <laughs> He did, according to the piece anyway, he got a bit of stick down in Cork um, who thought they, they thought that, um, that, that it wasn't such a good thing to do. But uh, no, reader, readers can have a look at that, that themselves. That, that car crowd give out about anything. Maybe there were enough a cock made on the Another problem with the Ukraine is that uh, Mr. Putin might send in a good few men. <laughs> Uh, that could be a problem, all right. I think he might be able to get back out. <laughs> but uh, hopefully that won't be. He was telling me as well. The I think the, you know he expects the the Holy Land tours to resume once all this the COVID is finished, and it it will resume. It's and he stage, organizes so. that too, doesn't he? He does. Trips. He's very involved in that as well. He's been there loads of times with different groups mm. and combines mm. the photography with it. Okay. Um, no. Uh, not so, not such a serious subject. The puka, yes. Uh, the puka is mentioned in. The, is is in it land in, e in East Clare, Jim? <laughs> well, sure. We we're campaigning for it anyway, yeah. aren't we? Here I, on Scarif Bay Community I, I, Radio. Yeah, but, but there's competition. Uh, there's com <laughs> uh, I, I think the large representations in Crosheen there as well. But but I, I think. Uh, We'll say it's on page four of the Echo there. Porrick has an article in relation to it. I, I think now we, we might be out of luck if you want to get it to East Clare uh, because the council have basically stated that it's staying in North Clare. But uh, I, I think the, the current... Um, would we call it a favourite, Pat? The, the currently in the running, I think Corfin seems to be... Uh, yeah, the head, uh, yeah, the... the, the, the they seem to be uh, <laughs> in, in at the head of the, the posse for it anyway at the mm. present time. 
He who mm. shouts loudest, maybe. In a, um, in, a, in a poll conducted by Corfin, Tidy Town, 60% of respondents wanted to see the statue in the locality. Yeah. Oh. Isn't, isn't it amazing, though, that one community are, are, well, they're against it by majority, and another, not too far away, uh, are, are really wanted. Uh, but I think it's the controversy. That's why people want it, it now. It is, of course. Um, uh, yeah. uh, Aidan Hertz says the, the, he owns the puka and that the, the, the council can't go just moving it around anywhere yeah. without his permission. He's the artist. He's, uh, well, um, well, no, all I'd say to that, Pat, <laughs> is um, uh, who paid the money? Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. And, and uh, well, the Clare County Council seem to be very... Uh, straightforward in this one so I'd say their legal department have been all over this and they say that it's ours and you need to give it to us yeah, yeah well the only thing I suppose you'd like if, if the poker was put up or whatever it's the best to look to whoever gets it in cuisine or coffee or whatever that it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be someone wouldn't come along and damage it and, 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 and yeah, yeah. disgrace it like you know wasn't yeah. there a cross near um, Corofin a good number of years ago the Tau cross oh yes and uh, yeah. it, kind of a T-shaped that's cross. right it's actually yeah. it, the, the Tau cross is part of the arms of the University of Limerick because because it looked like a T Yes. It was handy to stand for technology, and in the 1970s, when the arms were produced, it was the done thing. Um, so, yeah, the Tau, the Tau Cross is there. And that, that disappeared for quite a good while. It was in the public, beside the road. And uh, there's, there's a few high crosses in Kilfenor that disappeared as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of them is still currently residing in Killaloo. Yeah. That's another matter. Yes. <laughs> but I think that the cross was recovered. I think it's now in the church and, 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 and the heritage centre in Corrafin. It was an archaeological find, was it? Or a sculpture? I, it was a sculpture and, and oh, had been, yeah. I don't know how long it was in its current position. Anyway. We'll, we'll we'll keep digging for the puka, and you never yeah. know. And we'll 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 keep it under observation where G- it goes. Jim, so Jim, will. I've done a little survey, and and and, and at least seventy five percent of this of this of this uh, at least seventy five potentially hundred percent of Scarif <laughs> presenters at this radio station <laughs> might <laughs> might want to see it. So put that statistic in your pipe and smoke it. Exactly. Keep Tala untouched. There's a, a, a group for you, um, and it's to do with uh, the prospecting uh, for minerals, which uh, has been promote or proposed for the Tulla and Bunratty area. Whether it includes O'Callaghan's Mills in between the two or not, Pat, I'm not sure. Page but, uh, six, I think, in the echo. Is it? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Park has a, it's, it's, um, it's in the champion there as well, but yeah, it's, it's certainly in page six on the, on the echo. Uh, East Clare residents have spoken of their anger at the lack of public consultation for prospective licences. Uh, Keep Tull Untouched held an online meeting uh, better informed the public at 7.30pm uh, on Wednesday on the potential impact of prospective licences to Tull and Bunratty. There's, so. there's a few people that made contri- contributions to it uh, as well. Um, and Minister Ryan has sanctioned a two-week extension to allow for submissions from the public with a new deadline of January 23rd set. Now, the, the original one was, I think, was it not great? It's yeah, it was eight, about two weeks eight, ago. Eight or nine, but like that, mm. that's next week. So, uh, that's sorry, that's three days' time. Uh, sorry, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next Wednesday, week. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, so not, not much time to uh, be getting your ob- objections in, in relation to that. No. Anyway, as we move on towards the end of the program, one of the uh, 
the items in the uh, news this week uh, is the UL and the idea of a university town, university village in southeast Clare. Mm. Uh, is it, am I right in thinking, past that it's Europe's first? Yeah, according to the, according to the echo here on page 10, uh, Paul Rick has it here, Paul, Paul Rick McMahon, uh, application for Europe's first university town to be lodged. Uh, an application for to have Europe's first university town in South Clare to be lodged by the end of this week. Plans to create up to 3,500 jobs in South Clare are, are, are to be moved in the right direction when a joint application of Clare County Council and Limerick University for the Strategic Development Zone, SDZ, is made this week. The government may designate certain areas of land as SDZ uh, where there are developments considered to be of strategic, national, economic and social importance. Hmm. Up to 3,500 jobs have been forecast for the, for the South Clare zone and villages of Clare, O'Brien's Beach and Castle Connell receiving a lift in terms of economic activity. So, uh, can I, can I, is that, and maybe to David, is that on the, that's on the Clare side of the River Shannon? It's completely on the Clare side and uh, it's only a tiny part of the actual campus. It's mostly the agricultural land surrounding, uh, surrounding the campus on that side. Uh, it's 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 it has produced a lot of debate. There are quite a few people against it, and quite a few people for it. Uh, the designation of a strategic development zone is significant because it will allow the council to draw down money, national 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 money. Uh, as far as I understand, no money is being provided by the university, except that. Obviously, the university has a strategic interest in what happens on its boundaries. Yeah. So, what would happen in the proposal or in the hopes? What would happen in this ground? It would be a mix of business, residential, um, and student accommodation. Okay. So, you can imagine a small little town, maybe um, of so uh, of some sort of a variety. It's all to be done through private development, as I understand it. So, again, it's. It's left to the market to decide, so it could be anything really, and subject obviously to, to the planning rules and laws. Um, uh, Limerick City is curious on this because it's quite close to Limerick, um, so it'll be Limerick Limerick Council, I think, uh, may ultimately. It'll be interesting to see how it develops. Yeah. It will be over here at this side. Is it? Over here. Pat, yeah. There's a ni nice picture which Pat is referring to, which shows the pedestrian bridge, and on the right-hand side is County Clare, and on the Limerick side, on the left-hand side is Limerick. But um, we're not going to surrender any piece of well, ground to Limerick. Well, no. but I think you see that has to be on the cards because it's so close, and I imagine the Limerick city boundary will simply expand, and Clare will have done all the good work, I'm, I'm and sorry, Limerick I'm city sorry will benefit. David, before we finish and have the row, uh, <laughs> most of the recent development uh, that it takes place in the university is actually on the Clare side yeah. uh, and I, I would propose that we start a campaign to <laughs> rename it the University of Clare yes. and, and, and it doesn't need to be in Ennis <laughs> OK listen we've reached the end of the see program the way, see, the way, see the way Luke just fitted in that so I couldn't yeah. respond <laughs> because it's at the very Jim, end. Jim before you finish just uh, there's an ad in the Echo and I'm sure it's in the Champion as well the draft Clare County Development Plan we've spoken about it on a no number of occasions there are uh, consultation events. The ones that concern us are the Killoo Hotel and Spa, Wednesday the 20th 
uh, sorry, Wednesday the 2nd of February, and there is in Tulla on Wednesday the 9th of February, between 4 and 8 on both days. So if you're concerned about the county development plan and where we're going, yes. that's your chance to go and have a, have a chat and, and have a look. Okay, and if you're not concerned about it because you don't know about it, it's the same thing. Go and listen. Indeed. Okay, listen, thank you very much to our panel this evening. Uh, Pat O'Brien, thank you very much, Pat. Thanks, Jim. David Fleming, many thanks. Thanks, Jim. And Luke Fleming, oh, thank you, you too. Uh, hopefully next week, uh, John S. will be back uh, to join the team playing at full back, as he does. And uh, <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have him then. Uh, just before we finish then, Pat, have you a bit of music for us to play out on? I have well, Dolly Parton, she was 76 on Windsor last January 19th. So we have John, uh, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers, Island in the, in, in the Stream. Oh yeah, absolutely beautiful song. Okay, thanks to everybody for listening. We'll see you again next Sunday. For now, goodbye and God bless. I set out to get you with a fine tune.